Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Property Pros Podcast. I am Mark Goldwich. I'm Peter LaFramboy. We are public insurance adjusters in Jacksonville, Florida, but interested in all things property. Today, we've got a really good guest for you, John Sims with Florida Homestead Services. And John is a busy, busy man. We, we were able to catch him in his car but we're going to plow through this. John, take a couple of minutes and tell everybody about yourself. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is John Sims. I'm the owner of Florida Homestead Services, LLC. We provide uh, property management and property inspection services for not only commercial buildings, but also residential buildings such as condominiums, HOAs, uh, co-ops, and part of our inspection services, we provide virtually every type of inspection other than sewer scope and mold, uh, whether it's foundation, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, uh, insurance inspections for all of you unlucky people out there getting canceled or dropped by your insurance company. We provide uh, uh, four-point and wind mitigation inspections. And for those of you purchasing a new home, we also provide whole home inspections for properties that are uh, ready to be purchased. But my forte, my specialty is property management. I've been managing properties for over 30, 30 years now. Um, and I've managed everything from small buildings, mid-rises, high-rises. Uh, I've managed some of the largest condominiums in Broward County, up to 1,500 units. Um, and I've got a lot of experience. and. Uh, so I, I am able to provide a, a wide array of services through my company. You know, that's interesting. Right before we got on here, we were talking about the project that you're in the middle of. This is the reason that you're so busy and in the car, you're on the way to it. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? You mentioned this is a high rise, a multi-unit building where they've retained you just to give them advice on all things maintenance or what's your specific role? Well, I'm actually managing all aspects of this one particular property. Um, they are in the middle of starting up a, an ELSS project, which is the emergency life safety system. And in the state of Florida, I don't know if you're aware, but the emergency life safety system is going to be a requirement here in the next few years. And this particular building decided to get ahead of the curve in that regard where, uh, and my, my attitude is the same, where there's not going to be enough contractors and engineers and uh, vendors to be able to service all of these condominiums in South Florida when they drop the the deadline date on the CLSS. So I'm basically playing property manager and project manager um, during this phase of the construction. It's uh, it's just starting out. Uh, we've got our engineer in place. We've got our bid specifications uh, completed. We've um, We've approved the bid package, and our ELSS contractor has already started uh, doing their inspection for each of the units uh, in this one particular building and also the common areas in regards to the engineer's scope of work. So we're, uh, we're on the way to getting our fire safety system upgraded, our sprinkler system, uh, among other things. We're, we're coming up on our 10-year certification for our building. Uh, and as you know, those requirements have also changed with some of the recent legislation that has taken place. Um, so we're trying to stay ahead of the, the curve on that issue also. And we're, um, 
getting ready to uh, have our engineer of record um, draft the scope of work and a bid spec for doing our concrete restoration in the building and also our parking garage. Well, it must be nice working for a group that is being proactive and trying to stay ahead, especially on safety concerns and obviously especially in South Florida uh, that brought about uh, this, the safety concerns in the new legislation recently. Was, was, did they hire you specifically for that? They hired you private management and you're, you're kind of coaxing them to be proactive. How did that, that all come about? Well, they had been self-managed for quite a few years and decided to hire myself um, based on my qualifications and my experience. Um, I haven't really had to coax them. They've got a new board of directors who has um, been uh, elected, uh, I think it's three months now they've been in place. The prior board of this one particular property has been in place for well over 20 years. and. With all due respect to them, it's the same old story about we don't want to spend money, we can't afford to fix the building, um, you know, every excuse in the book not to raise maintenance fees so they can retain their perceived power on the board or whatnot. You know, I don't know what their particular reason was. Maybe it could have been management not knowing what they needed to do and why and how. Um, so they ended up hiring me based on my experience and my knowledge. And I haven't had to really coax them. They, uh, the new board has come in um, to this position and has hit the ground running. They understand what needs to be done. They understand why it needs to be done. Uh, they understand the money that it's going to take. Uh, they, they implemented a special assessment for uh, these projects because they haven't had the reserve money that they are required to have to take care of these problems. Matter of fact, we just got our reserve study last week. And so that's gonna segue into uh, preparing a proper budget for this upcoming budget season. Um, and we're looking at some pretty serious money here, uh, four to six million alone, just to take care of the concrete restoration, much less all the other requirements that um, the uh, 50 year certification is gonna require. But at least they're ahead of the curve. Um, and hopefully there won't be any more special assessments down the road. And you know, when I'm as a property manager, you know, I look at all these costs and expenses and I really feel uh, that I have to protect not only the board and the association, but the unit owner. They spend a lot of money maintaining some of these buildings here in South Florida. Uh, a lot of it is not used properly in my opinion, but when you have probably half, if not, three quarters of the population, which uh, in South Florida, which used to be a retirement community, not anymore. It's probably the third highest place to live in the country behind LA and New York. You know, you've got to be conscious when you're doing a budget, that extra 20, 30, 40, $50 a month hurts those on fixed income. And so that's why I am a proponent of making sure your reserves are uh, funded properly rather than having you know, multi tens of thousands of dollars special assessments and whatnot. But this board understands all of that. They're uh, they're very um, new in regards to condo and property management and building maintenance and whatnot. Um, and so 
they relied on me to guide them properly along with their engineer of record and their uh, maintenance staff. You know, that's interesting. You brought up the money. I was going to ask that question, but I guess my next question would be the building that you're serving. What's the use percentage? Are we talking primary residence for X percentage vacation rental for some other part, second homes? What's it like? Uh, I would say there's a 25 to 30% uh, annual uh, ownership uh, rate that is not living here full-time, absentee owners. Um, we have very few rentals. I would have to say 15 or 18 rentals in a 300 plus unit building. Um, it's right on the beach here in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and a lot of the people that aren't here are snowbirds. You know, most, I, I would say nine out of 10 of that 25 to 30% are snowbirds. This is like their summer vacation home or condo. Um, so it's not bad. I've managed buildings where you've got 50, 60, 70% absentee owners and 20, 30, 40% rentals. And that becomes a, an issue in regards to maintenance and, you know, the aesthetics of the building and whatnot, the property values, funding, people buying units, you know, they want to know all this stuff in their questionnaires. And it's, uh, it does take, uh, it does have an effect on people purchasing units for full-time use. Yeah, and you, you talked a bunch about the, the building maintenance. That's a, that seems to be a large part of, of what you do. Um, talk to us also a little bit about preventative maintenance and deferred maintenance and how, how your role impacts that. To me, that's the number one priority. My, my expertise has been taking properties from a disaster to five star, and we're talking in all respects, whether it's admin, maintenance, um, you name it, I'm one to, I'm very picky and I'm one to make sure that everything is done at a five-star level, customer service, uh, whatnot. Maintenance has been the key to ensuring your property values continue to increase and not decrease. Uh, not only that, it saves you money. I, I'm a big proponent of when I do my budget to ensure that I put out a lengthy communication on the pros and cons of of proper reserve funding and budgeting for maintenance and repairs. Um, I've managed buildings from uh, brand new buildings to buildings in South Beach and uh, South Mi and Miami Beach that are uh, over 100 years old. And so I've seen all types of uh, problems and deterioration and whatnot. And the key to maintaining a building and maintaining your property values, I think, is proper preventive maintenance and, and doing the proper repairs. And a lot of that comes down to the money. Do we have the money to replace that uh, cooling tower or that domestic water pump system or the fire alarm system? Uh, you know, all the different components of a building, the plumbing. A lot of these older buildings in South Florida have cast iron plumbing, and it's a lot of costs a lot of money to repair those types of systems uh, when you're talking cast iron pipes that are leaking for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, you have to rip out walls and people's kitchens and bathrooms and it becomes a big expense that the association ends up having to pay for that, which means every unit owner in the building. And when they complain about those types of expenditures, they forget that they could have funded these 
projects and these repairs over time a little bit here and there without having those special assessments. So to me, I think maintenance is a big key. If, you're, if your systems in your building aren't working properly, uh, it's gonna be a disaster. I've been in buildings where they haven't had a pool or the amenities for six, seven, eight years because nobody wanted to spend the money. This one particular building, they haven't had an air conditioner in their hallway for four years. And you can imagine the problems with that, mold, the carpeting, uh, all types of problems. In fact, today, the vendors, they're turning up the uh, air conditioning system and commissioning it. So, you know, we've finally gotten these things done uh, based on not only my input, but the current board's uh, enthusiasm to get some of these projects finally complete. Um, yes, there was a big special assessment, but it was well, uh, well needed in that respect. And it also depends on, in, in regards to the maintenance, the team you have. If you have a good maintenance supervisor and a good maintenance team, uh, you can save a lot of money. I've, I keep spreadsheets on all my savings, and I show at the end of the year, on my end of the year report, I show the board how much money we've saved by doing things in-house that don't require a permit. Um, and you've got to have the right people in place to do that type of work. And at the end of the year, if I go to the board and I say, okay, I've saved you $320,000 this year, I'd like the board to approve a percentage of that so I can give to my maintenance team and pay raises and bonuses and whatnot. And that keeps them engaged. It keeps them uh, uh, working hard. It keeps them productive and they understand that they're part of the big picture and they're going to get rewarded for their hard work. That's a really good idea. So, I mean, these are guys that you have on your staff at uh, Florida Homestead Services? Yes, and in addition to that, also the staff at the building. A lot of the buildings have uh, either their own maintenance team or they'll hire a maintenance team through a management company. Um, a lot of the self-managed buildings, there have been uh, maintenance teams that have been in place for 10, 15, 20 years. They know the building, they know what needs to be done, they know the residents. So um, yes, both ways. You can either, uh, I can either provide them myself or they can be uh, uh, part of the condominium um, employee team where I can manage those people. And in regards to the savings, you know, I've saved buildings by renegotiating contracts and like I say, doing things in house uh, that don't require, you know, permitting and whatnot. Uh, over a half a million dollars a year. And those are substantial savings to some of these buildings. And they're able to put that money aside to be able to continue to maintain the building properly. And again, reward everyone for their hard work. John, for others in the industry, or especially if they're just getting into the industry uh, throughout your long career, I mean, I can only imagine the the um, what's going on in some of these board meetings and the board members and the infighting and the resistance. Um, what are your keys to success in dealing with it or your personality traits that enable you to deal with these folks and manage these folks? I think the key is stick to the facts. And as soon as you come onto a property, whether you're new there or you're been there a long time, rethink your position. And what I mean by that is you have to build and maintain relationships. You know, I could tell you all types of horror stories. I've seen 
it's I've seen it all. I've had to call the police on board members fighting at board meetings. I, I've done it all. Um, but I think if you reevaluate your position and begin to build relationships with everyone, not just certain people's favorites or your favorites or whatnot, treat everyone equally without any bias, without any type of uh, disparity, you'll be okay. Um, and you know, the, 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 the condo unit owner that comes to the office and they're raising their voice and they're unruly because of their little problem, uh, you have to listen and you have to communicate with them and you have to do your best to try and solve that problem. And if it's not something you can address, it's okay to tell them no, just explain why. And I find that over my 30 plus year career in property management, that most people who are angry about the way the building is run or personnel in the building or whatnot, it always boils down to lack of communication, whether it's an email, a phone call, or addressing their situation, that seems to be the root of the problem. So I think constant communication with not only your board, but the residents, whether it's weekly or monthly reports or whatnot, and showing them what's being done in the building. A lot of the absentee owners don't know what's happening, but when they get that monthly report to unit owners and they see pictures of before and after and where their money's being spent, they really start to give you the support that you need, uh, not only the absentee owners, but the people that are uh, living 365 days a year, they really start to support your efforts. And they they kind of have a different change in attitude when those things are done. Communication, relationship building, and solving problems. And those are the three keys of uh, property management, in my opinion. And of course, you know, we could talk about the education and learning and, you know, branching out into other subject matter areas. I mean, as a property manager, let's face it, you have to know about real estate, closings, insurance, mechanics, plumbing, electrical, HVAC, uh, structural issues. You know, you have to know about all these things. Otherwise, you will have vendors taking advantage of you. And so that's what I would recommend that uh, unseasoned property managers, for lack of a better choice of word, uh, branch out, expand your thinking and the way you deal with people and, and you'll have a long rewarding career. And you know, I just have to say this, every building has its so-called problem children <laughs> or unit owners who are just, they wake up on the wrong side of the bed. But if you make an effort to befriend them and be respectful and professional, they'll change their attitude and they'll end up eventually supporting you. Well, that's awesome. I, John, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being a part of our uh, podcast for us. Is there, uh, is there a way in which you'd like people to get a hold of you, whether or not they need you for the management of the, the home inspecting or any of the other services that you provide? Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's my pleasure. Uh, yes, they can check out my website at floridahomesteadservices.com. Uh, they can always call me at 954-445-6997, and they can also take a look at uh, our Property Inspector website at propertyinspector.co, uh, and we offer all types of services there for whether it's uh, building inspections, home inspections, 
wind mitigation, insurance, whatnot. Um, so yes, we are readily available uh, also to consult with people if they need uh, some advice or help with what to do and how to do things. I'm more than willing to uh, provide free consultation on, um, on those types of issues. Great. Thanks again, John. John Sims, Florida Homestead Services. Um, check him out for more information. Appreciate everybody tuning into this episode of Property Pros Podcast. For other podcasts or to be on the podcast, get with us at Property Pros Podcast on YouTube or Facebook. And then that's all for today. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.